0: Welcome to the Diligent Woman Podcast, where Christian women let go of their guilt and step out in confidence by bringing God into every part of the day, learning by examples in Scripture, applying simple principles, and trusting the Lord with it all. I am Angela Legg of thediligentwoman.com, and I welcome you to grow in grace and truth one step at a time. Let's get started. And welcome to the Diligent Woman Podcast. I'm Angela, Diligent Woman from the Diligentwoman.com. Here today just to share a little bit of encouragement with you on things you can do to be more consistent and purposeful in your daily walk with the Lord. The thing I wanted to talk about today was um, it's kind of the way you approach using your Bible as a tool. This diligence that we are seeking to achieve, which is this day-by-day effort um, put in, needs to uh, be driven by some information. Why be diligent? Um, in what things should I be diligent? What should I be doing? How should I be acting? What does God say is important for me to do? And fortunately, he has given you that information. <laughs> he doesn't left you with... Um, just empty void, you can open your Bible and you can study it and use it to get this information. And with that view in mind, um, there's been some conversations that I've had over the years with this view as a question, and some have said that you can't approach the Bible as a textbook because it's holy. This is God's word. Um, It's bigger than a textbook, and it is his love letter to us, And we should treat it with reverence, as though if we treated it like a textbook, we weren't being reverent towards his word. Um, And that's, you know, and that's their perception of that. The other side of that is that this is a textbook that we are supposed to dive into and study and get to know very well so that we become masters of the information in it. Because we are working towards a state of being complete, Um, Jesus is making us perfect and it is done through this process of living according to his word and he washes away our sins when we put on christ in baptism and we acknowledge who he is and then that whole process is a walk that we engage in from then on as a child of the lord but we have to be purposeful about it it's it's our free will whether we do or we don't and um, we can throw it away and not have anything to do with it and turn away from the lord or we can show that we love God by living and walking in his will, because that's what's good for us. But all of that can only be accomplished if I know what his will is, right? Um, and I believe that the scriptures bear out this concept of a textbook. If you've been around the diligent woman at all, you know that I'm um, very big on marking my Bible. I do a lot of Bible marking. And if you haven't been around very long, you may um, that may be a new concept, to you marking in your Bible and some people do not like to do that it's not it makes them feel like they're not taking care of it or even for them it's more distracting than helpful and each person can do however they want with that for me it helps me to remember things if I mark in my Bible and so I treat the pages that God's word is printed on as a tool for me to retain the information that his word is giving me. And so I mark in it and I make notes and do all kinds of different things to help me to retain that information better. So the next time I approach an area in the scriptures, I'm not coming at it um, fresh every single time like I've never read it. Instead, I'm coming to it fresh with a, I know this about it. I'm certain of this. Now what can I learn more from the context? So this textbook idea. This is kind of the question that we're looking at, and one way to think about that is defining the word. Textbook is defined as just, you know, in English language, as a comprehensive compilation of content in a branch of study. Well, um, comprehensive compilation of content in a particular branch of study Another definition is it's a book used as a standard work for the study of a particular subject. So this is what we're talking about. We're talking about a a textbook, a book that is good for a particular type of studying, Um, the only book in this case um, that we would acknowledge as being an authority on the topic. And God's word, I believe, lays out this very idea that we are supposed to use his word to teach us and to make us masters of the information through learning it and then doing it. It's, it's both things. We need to hear it. We need to understand it. That's learning. But we also need to do something with it. And we can see this kind of played out in Scripture in several places. Acts 17.11 talks about the Bereans. Uh, Paul had been in Thessalonica not had a very good response there to the gospel and he comes to Berea and in verse 11 of Acts 17 these people are described as no, more noble than those in Thessalonica well why were they more noble well because they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so these are people who are not Christians yet they're Jews in the synagogue and they're hearing new information this is different and they are comparing it to what they already know from about God's word. They trust the, the scriptures that they have to this point, and they are comparing what Paul is saying to what has been given before. And in verse 12, it tells us, Therefore, many of them believed, also of honorable women, which were Greeks, and of men, not a few. These Jews in these synagogues came to be believers because they studied. The message that was given to them. They didn't just take it in and think about it. They compared it to what they knew to be true already. They already had scriptures that they believed to be God-given and they compared what Paul said was now also God-given to those scriptures and the comparison made them believe all of these things to be true. And they did this studying each day the new things that they learned. They're comparing them. That would be studying. I have this information, comparing it to what I already knew. So we see that in Acts 17. And then um, in Deuteronomy chapter 17, jump over to the Old Testament, we have an example there of study um, that God gives to the would-be king. He's telling Israel, when you go and ask for a king, because you're going to, it's not what you need, but it's what you're going to ask for. And um, he gives them this litany of things in you know, Deuteronomy 17, of things that king is not supposed to do. They should not allow their king to do all of these things. Um, he's not supposed to you know, multiply these riches, multiply wives. He's not supposed to multiply his horses. But when we get to verse 18, the contrast is given. But it shall be when he sits upon the throne of his kingdom that he shall write him a copy of this law in a book out of that which is before the priests of the Levites. The king is supposed to take a copy of the law from the Levites, take it, and then in his own hand, write it out. He's supposed to copy it, copy the law. And verse 19 says, and it shall be with him, and he shall read therein all the days of his life. There's that concept of every day. That he may learn to fear the Lord his God, to keep all the words of this law and these statutes to do them. What is God wanting the king to do? He wants him to learn to fear the Lord his God, to keep all the words of this law and these statutes to do them. That's the first thing. The king has to learn them and apply them to himself. And then in verse 20, that his heart be not lifted up above his brethren and that he turn not aside from the commandment to the right hand or to the left, to the end that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. This will make him a good king. This will make him walking with the Lord, not to the right, not to the left, but doing what God has said. And it's supposed to be a daily reading after it has been a daily writing. Write these out for himself, carry his own copy of the law with him, and he's to read it every day so he's familiar with it. So there again is that idea of a daily study, being in God's word. Obviously, you can't read the whole thing every day. It's piece by piece, one thing upon the next and building on that. It takes time to write these things out in hand by hand. It takes time then to turn around and go back and read them again and to spend time every day doing that. So this was a, this was a method for learning and growing in God's word that he specifically laid out for the king so that he would know to do that. Um, And then if you think about it, our scriptures we're told that we are supposed to understand them. So I have this, this idea I'm trying to figure out. Is this a book that I am supposed to just read it and value it for being God's word and be in awe of the Lord and hold it a little bit above and reverence just the book that's in my hands and leave it at that? Or am I supposed to reverence it and value it in such a way that I am going to explore what's inside of it and get to know it so that I can understand what God has told me. Um, If we go over to Ephesians chapter 5, Paul gives some instructions to the church there. And he tells them in Ephesians 5 and 15, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. He, Paul's telling them you must understand, but you cannot understand unless someone teaches you. Okay? We have to have someone to teach. And we can we can see that in several places. God sends all of these teachers. He sent Jesus here to teach and to do this so that it could be understood, right? Um, He sent it so it would be learned and understood. How will we understand it if we don't learn it? So again, to me, that goes back to this idea of a textbook. And then if you take a look, Romans 15, 4. I'll just jump over there. I'm just hitting these because I think these drive home this idea. This is supposed to be information that you are intentionally taking in and doing something with it. And it's not a new concept. The Bereans did it. And then over in Romans fifteen four, Paul tells the Roman Christians that in verse 4, whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. He tells the Romans that the things that have been written before still serve a purpose. It's not a law that we're bound under anymore, but they serve a purpose. They are there for our learning. They're to teach us something. And then if you jump to 1 Corinthians 10. and You look at 1 Corinthians 10. And it's really 1 through 13, but I'm going to kind of skip through um, all of that. He tells them, he doesn't, he starts off telling the brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. He's talking to Christians, telling Christians. And he goes back and he touches on some of these things that happened during Moses' time, all this stuff that happened. And in verse 4, he says, And did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. So while they were drinking water that came from the rock, because God performed a miracle through Moses to provide for the people spiritually they are also partaking of the rock that we partake of through christ because that's what all of the old law points to it points to our need and he goes on further down and just tells them you need to not be like these people don't do what they did and in verse 11 it says now all these things happened unto them for in samples or as examples for us and they are written for our admonition that's for our correction upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. We're supposed to learn from their mistakes so we don't make them, realizing that it's a very small step for us to be making the same mistakes. But if we learn them, I have to read them. I have to know what their mistakes were. So there's some study involved in that. So again, this concept is not a foreign one. And over in Galatians three, again, Paul talking to Christians, he's making the point that the law had a has a purpose. Before it was a law that the Jews lived by. Now um, the the law is not the law anymore because we're under the law of Christ, right? But the law is it was a schoolmaster even for the Jews. What do you get at school? You get books to study. You get information taught and trained. And he says the law was our schoolmaster to bring us into Christ. The old law was designed to show them their need. That they needed a Messiah. So they'd be ready when the Messiah came to realize that he was there to fulfill all of those promises. So God shows us that that's, that's what they have that function as. The schoolmaster is different because we have Christ now. Right? So our book is different. We have the new law. Book of Hebrews goes through all of that, making the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. But the old covenant still maintains its value in teaching us lessons. It's not the law that we're bound by, but it gives us information into who God is and what he expects from his people. So we need to spend some time in it. And I would put forth that as a textbook, The only way you're going to be able to be the Christian woman that you want to be for God, if you're wanting to be pleasing to him, is you have got to know what God wants you to do. And God's grace has made it perfect for us that we can do that. Titus 2, Paul, teaching Titus, tells him, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that uh, denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a people, a peculiar people, zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. He's telling Titus as a preacher, you need to know this so you can teach others and you can admonish others to be doing the same thing. The expectation is is that it will be learned so it can be taught, so it can be lived. This is the whole purpose. And it teaches us to do things. God's word absolutely teaches us about God's love. Absolutely. It is his perfect love letter to us, showing us the efforts he went to on our behalf. But it doesn't stop there. Because according to Acts 17, if you go back over to where Paul is talking to those people on Mars Hill, and they have all these gods they worship, and he's filling them in on the God that they don't know. The one God, who is the God. And that's the one that they're not sure about. that They they don't know who he is, and they didn't want to miss anybody. He said, I'll tell you about that one. And that God doesn't need our worship, doesn't need anything from us. But what he wants is our love and to react to him as he's waiting because he's reaching out to us. He wants us to grope for him. That's a response based on knowledge. Hebrews eleven six 6 defines faith, that it is faith in God, who God is. Right, God is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. It's not just that God is, and He exists, and He's done all of these things. It's that also He has a relationship. He rewards those who diligently seek Him, and you've got Scripture after Scripture that t- teaches you about diligently seeking Him. Second Peter, um, chapter one, verses two through fourteen, basically goes through what I call a recipe for our life. And it is step-by-step applying diligence. So with intent, we're going to be intentional. We're going to give our intent focus on all of these things that we start with faith and build all these other things up. And all of those things take time and they take knowledge and they take effort. And he builds these things and he says, if you don't lack in these things, You are going to be assured of your entrance into heaven. These are the things that are part of being in a relationship with God. And if you are wanting to be a diligent woman, these are where you start. There's a laundry list of things for you to work on. And you start with the first one and learn it and learn it well. And if you treat your Bible like a textbook, I'm going to pick up my Bible and I'm going to study what it means to be in self-control. What is that? How does God talk about self-control? Can I start over in Genesis and read each of those events and see what I can learn about self-control from those events? Does he make a point of it in those events? Or is it something that I can gain by just watching the circumstances happen and see where if someone had exhibited self-control, things would have been different. Their faith would have been acted on better if they had waited, had some self-control. That's a view with uh, looking at Sarah and Abraham and wanting a child. They had all of this self-control. They'd been waiting, been waiting, been waiting. And then they just couldn't wait anymore. And they took it on themselves to go about doing things. And they just created a whole mess for the whole world. Okay. Bring about this extra, this extra child, Ishmael, who God ends up taking care of, but he's still not the son of promise because they jumped the gun. God said, this is not the way you do it my way. And then they finally get there, self-control, and they wait, okay? I can go look at all of these lessons and see that. I can go read the lesson in 1 Samuel 25 when David and encounters Nabal and hell, Nabal didn't have much self-control and was very full of himself. And then you have Abigail who has a great deal of self-control and encourages David to bring himself back under control. What can I learn from that? My friend, these are lessons that you can learn by picking up your Bible and treating it like a textbook full of valuable information that will make being a diligent woman all the easier. You just have to be in it. And it's really not as hard as it seems. One thing that I've you know realized, I mean all you gotta do is search Amazon. Search Amazon for self-help books. Pick a title anything (laughs) pick a a category uh parenting being a better wife um being better with your money pick any of those things and you're going to find hundreds of thousands of books probably in most cases books that men have written lots of different ideas on those things but we get overwhelmed because we want to read them all to try to do them all better to try to get better but i just really wonder if when it comes to simplifying life Maybe we need to start by narrowing our list of experts down to one, God. Just narrow the list of experts down to one and listen to what he has to say. I guarantee you, you can pick up your Bible with the idea of studying about how to manage your money and go through from cover to cover over a period of time and see how money came into different stories. Not all of them are going to give you a specific for that, but many of them will. You're going to find scripture after scripture that talks about being a good steward. You're going to find lots of Proverbs that tell you about how to plan, what things need to come first. Do you take care of the house over your head or do you make sure you have an income coming in? Proverbs deals with that. And Jesus reiterates all of that in the use of his parables. He takes that known knowledge and applies it to the parables that he uses to teach to get across spiritual teaching it's all there. So while you're getting this education about God's love for you and the possibilities for your soul, you're also getting practical information, which is just like Peter said, that we have been given everything that pertains to life and godliness over in 2 Peter 1 and 3. He's given us everything for life and godliness. We just need to act like we believe him trust his word enough let his word be enough to guide us on those things so i want to encourage you if you're having a hard time finding a bible study that you can stick to go to second peter chapter one and write out the list that is given there of things to build on to diligently apply excellence towards make that list take the first thing on the list it can be faith it Pick one, moral excellence, any one of those. Pick one and then start in your Bible going from the beginning to the end or just pick a book and look for what God teaches you in regards to that, that you can apply. Make notes in a notebook, use a color marking system like our uh, Bible marking guide, use something like that to make notes in your Bible so that it stands out to you on what you can do. I would imagine that very quickly you're going to find that it's going to be hard to have enough time to spend every day to dig into all the riches that you're going to find. And it will be a simple study that you can pull together based on your need and your interest. And you can do that. Now, to help you out over at the Diligent Woman Shop, we've got lots of um, resources that kind of get you started on that. Scripture writing is one of the ways that we have built on that to start doing word studies and diving into those things. So you can find a lot of that on the And I will, I will link to several resources below here in the, in the end of this video and how you can look at the world and then take that and use your Bible as the textbook for how you get through it. Let God be the expert. You're not going to be the expert. We have way too much. We need to learn. Let God be the expert in your life and go to his word and use it, and then apply it, and walk by it, because you know he's only given you what is good for you, so I'm going to leave that there for you for today, and I want to thank you for being here, my prayer always is that you will have abundance in all things, especially though as your soul prospers, thank you, we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining me today on the Diligent Woman Podcast. Please subscribe to be notified of new episodes and share those with your friends. Until next time, enjoy.